And they're going to watch it. And Welcome it. to the Movie Movie Podcast, it. everybody. It is Tuesday, November 19th, 2019. I'm your host, Tiggs. And with me, as always, are Russ. I'm your Russ, me. Peter. Sorry, you caught out. Did you say my name? And with us most of the time is Alex. Uh, yeah. Alex. Perfect. That was perfect. That was. I cut out. Yes, you did. Um, but that, that is to be expected, but we are happy. We are all here this time and we have got a bunch of movies to talk about, even though not many of us have seen all of the movies together. Um, but let us start with a movie that three of us have seen, uh, in Terminator Dark Fate. Russ, can we get sure. a list down? Uh, if you want one. Always want one. Terminator Dark Fate. Directed by Tim Miller. An augmented human and Sarah Connor must stop an advanced liquid Terminator from hunting down a young girl whose fate is critical to the human race. Yes, yeah, true. Uh, so I felt this was two movies. It was a it was finally a sequel to T two mm-hmm. that I could enjoy. Okay, like I loved everything Sarah Connor did. Oh, she was so Every good. Scene in Sarah it. Connor, she was great. Sarah Connor was in. Um, I really love the Arnold Schwarzenegger stuff. Oh, it was so funny. Yep. Um, but the re- the Terminator reboot, yeah. I thought was real boring. And I thought both of those actresses uh, did not have characters that I was interested in at all. It, uh, I, I didn't... Yeah. I don't it know. Felt, I, oh, go ahead. It, okay. It kind of felt like this was both a sequel to... Terminator 2, and in that sense, it was very, very good, and a prequel to Terminator Salvation, and in that sense, it was kind of, it wasn't even better than Salvation. So it was like a weird... Do they acknowledge, do they actually, like, go out and acknowledge those movies, like that and Genesis? No, 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 no. Everything everything else is eliminated, but it just felt like all of the future-y stuff was just a precursor to salvation again. Yeah. And, I, and I don't know if they quite have figured it out yet, but no one really gives a flying fuck about that the future part of these Terminator movies. Right, yeah. Because they tr- they keep trying to give us that, and no one cares. I I actually kind of enjoyed this movie. Um, in the I did like it. Yeah. Well, no, yeah, the parts I liked, I really enjoyed. I definitely think that the good outweighs, uh, outweighs the bad uh, in this one. And, and maybe this is just coming from, like, we have had so many bad Terminator movies uh, over the years, and this is the first one since Terminator 2 that's actually worth seeing. Um, I, I didn't... Uh, I, I thought that the... Who are the, the two female leads, uh, other than Linda Hamilton? Uh, the one who plays the cyborg augmented, and the other... That's uh, Mackenzie Davis, and then the Mackenzie. other girl... I haven't seen her anything else. Natalia Reyes. I thought that Natalia Reyes was very good, and I enjoyed her character, actually, uh, quite a lot. And kind of where they end up going with her character. Yeah, I, I liked where they ended up going, but then when I see the future scenes of her, I'm like, sure. no. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. No. Yeah, that that does Stop. go way too far into the Terminator Salvation aspect of, of what you were just talking about. Um, or just give her, or recast that actor at that point, because I would never buy this girl 
I, I buy the character as the leader of a revolution. I don't buy that girl in this movie as that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So age her up, recast her, just like you recast Mackenzie Davis, or Mackenzie, young Mackenzie Davis, recast her. Like, get, yeah. do something. Okay, I'm, I'm going to ask the big questions here. Here we go. Do they have a scene like they did in Genesis where they explain Arnold becoming an old Terminator? Um, so he's he's not the same character from two T uh, two right yeah because he melts spoiler. he's a completely different <laughs> Terminator okay they don't really talk about why the hell he's yes you're like why the hell he's um aged like a machine wouldn't do but they do talk about yeah what but I think they introduced some very interesting comp concepts with his character yeah um and it's unfortunate that this movie did not do well at all because they're done like the you it i guess you you made three sequels and a tv show that no one really liked so you diluted this brand so much that by the time you even made this movie people were out also who's in t2 came out 27 years ago. Yeah. I did like Sarah Connor. 20, quite 20, I actually did too. I was going to say decent. that. It was decent, but if you go back and rewatch it, most of the episodes weren't that good, but when they were good, they were really good. Okay. It's been a long yeah, but, time since I've watched any of them, but... But... Yeah. It's, it's like, where's Brian Austin Green been since then? You made question. this movie 20... Not... 28 years after the last great movie in the franchise... And, you, and and it's not like the franchise went away. You just kept doing bad stuff to it. It took them this so long this to had Linda no back, fran- though. Like, that was... Yeah, oh, fantastic. She's great. She's awesome. She's exactly who you think she would be at the, at this point. I thought she was she was really, really excellent. Yeah. But it's like, I, I'm, I was just so frustrated because I was like, I enjoyed this movie, and there'll never be another one. Uh, because you guys effed it so many times over with like Genesis and Salvation and T3. Yeah. Ugh. It is but weird. good, enjoyable movie, totally watchable. It, it is very <laughs> weird to think about like the timeline of these movies where like the through line is Linda Hamilton. In Terminator 3, they're just like, no, everybody likes Arnold. That's why they come to these movies. And that was terrible. And then. And in in, uh, what was it? Uh, the McGee's one. It was like, oh, no, no, no. It's the character of John Connor that people really want to get to know. No. And then finally. <laughs> no. <laughs> finally, they come and around listen, to. It's, like, and listen, it was wrong. We'll say That's again. the crazy part. That the great auteur, McGee, read the room wrong. Listen, Chuck is a classic, all right? <laughs> great show. And then. The weird thing is. In five, it was like, oh, no, no, it's just the concept of a Terminator that people really like. No, it was Linda Hamilton the whole time. That, that, that was the through line. Yeah. Uh, one thing that really bothered me, even though this movie was clearly going to be R-rated because it's a Terminator, I don't think any of the Terminators have not been R's, right? Um, uh, no, they started at, they started becoming 13 with three, Salvation, and Genesis. Oh, yeah, really? all PG-13 after that, I guess. Because yeah. they were trying to make more money. Oh, so, so here, so here it's weird that it felt like the script then was exactly what it feels like, that it felt like it was written as a PG-13 movie, mm-hmm. and the writer gave them, like, 
10 different choices for what was going to be their one F word. And then they just ended up keeping them all in. But every single yep. time someone says fuck, it feels like this is the only time we're going to say it. So we better make it real cool. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. It's like halfway through production, they decided, oh, no, let's get back to our roots and make it R. But it didn't make a difference either way. Um, it was a little distracting, but it just goes to show how bad those first, those last three movies were. Yeah. that This movie that is, I'd say, like somewhere between a B minus and a B feels like an A in comparison. It really does. Yeah. It, it, I would 100% agree with that. Like, taking this in so, a like, vacuum... So, like, it's good, great, but comparatively but... speaking, it's great. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it, it, as I said, everything Linda Hamilton is fantastic, and it and it really does the same trick that... The sort of same, I guess, success that T2 does, that it puts her in a completely different place in her life, and she feels like a different character, but it completely and utterly makes sense and works. Yeah. Right, you can kind of like yada yada her evolution, yeah, and it makes sense. It is a shame that this thing is bombed so hard. Is, is that a segue to Charlie's Angels? <laughs> oh, is that? Yeah, well, we could get there. Sure, why, I don't know. Like, yeah, let's mix up the singles. Let's mix up the singles. Yeah, let's, we got so many singles going on. We're we're going to talk about the movie singles, the mostly the soundtrack. But why don't you tell us a little bit about <laughs> Charlie's Angels? Do we want to rust down? I want to rust down. Sure. It's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Charlie's Angels, Elizabeth Banks, written and directed. When a young systems engineer blows the whistle on a dangerous technology, Charlie's Angels are called into action, putting their lives on the line to protect us all. 16 years since the last Charlie's Angels movie. Um, this movie made $8 million that's its opening weekend. That's insane. Oof. That's like criminally low. That yeah. is insane. The, the weird thing is like, it's a movie that really feels geared to any like young women anywhere from like twelve to well, I guess any age, but mostly young women anywhere from twelve to like okay or anywhere from like twelve to early twenties. Okay, okay. So if that's the case, where who is who are they going to see this movie for? As somebody who works with in a with a with a kid population. They like specific people. Who are they? Who are they going to see this movie for? Yes, I think um, even though uh, Jenna Malone, no, not, what's her name, Jenna Malone? No, it's, it's Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. My bad. She hasn't made a movie that I. <laughs> I always get them mixed up. You know, all women look the same. Um, she well, hasn't made a movie wait, for a kid in like twice. seven yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they. So she's yeah. She's not the big star anymore, but she's fantastic in this. That's what I hear. But yeah, it's just it just it's just so weird because it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like it's like I don't remember any marketing to the people who would be into this movie. No, they just said like, oh, there's got there's got there's a Miley Cyrus and Ariana Grande song that can't be your marketing. Because the thing is, the other Charlie's <laughs> Angels movie, yeah, the other Charlie's Angels movie, even granted, it had three pretty big stars at the time. Young people's parents watched the TV show. Right, and you should go see this. No one's parent is telling is telling them about how much they love the '90s Charlie's Angels films. And that would that would have had but, to be like us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't have kids, so. But but wasn't there the song from that is was big, right? From that last both of them. There's the independent woman song, and then the one that Pink was in in the second movie. But that's my problem. Like this movie. 
like the Pitch Perfect movies work because they're huge ensembles, and by the second or third one, you kind of knew who all those people were. I'm like, this movie needed like an Anna Kendrick or uh, hell, Rebel Wilson, somebody that people know. Or it just it should have been marketed more to the Pitch Perfect crowd because the I mean the action's fine. It it doesn't like try to be like wildly violent or anything and a yeah. little banks was like a pretty good job with some of the action direction but it's it's truly just a a decent comedy with a pretty standard you know spy team plot okay well yeah so i think that that's it then like i mean because pitch perfect three was basic was oddly like a, a friggin' kidnap action movie yeah sort of thing and it was funny and it crushed just market this as that because this just looked like another Charlie's Angels movie, and not that that's a bad thing, because I still plan on seeing it. Yeah. But I'm just like, I don't know who they made this movie for. Yeah, well, because that, that's... So, when was it marketed? Because I was trying to think well, of... who they sold it for. Yeah, what movie over the past, like, four months would have had this trailer in front of it, and it was made for the people watching that movie? Like, right. I'm trying to think... I, I saw this in front of, like... I saw this in front of Booksmart, I think. Okay. Yeah. A while ago, so that's kind of yeah. That also bombed. That's true, and that and that didn't deserve that. That deserved to do well. That deserved yeah. to do very well. Did, like no one who saw Gemini did that, did that really bomb. I, I enjoyed that movie. It tanked. Yeah, yeah it tanked. It was a bummer. It tanked. Uh-huh. It's so good. Yeah, it's just like no one who saw Gemini Man was like, oh man, I got to get out and see that Charlie's Angels now, because also no one saw Gemini. <laughs> I was about to say the fourteen sure. people hey, who saw, saw Gemini, Gemini Man. man. Yeah, I just think that every movie that could have helped sell this with a trailer beforehand also did poorly. Yeah. Yes. And so there was no there was no audience put together, which is a shame because it should have that young tween audience. Yeah, I feel like if this came out like when Hunger Games was out, yeah, that, that would have been a better time. Like, to, that would have been a much better time to reboot it. That would have made yeah. sense. Um, yet here we are. I still want to yeah. see it. I still want to see it. it looks Me awesome. too. Yeah, it's enjoyable. It's you know it's silly and stupid at t- some points, but the performances are good. Um, as I said, like Elizabeth Banks is just making those dumb little cliche moments slightly better with her writing. Right. Like okay. some of the, some sure. of the, like the planning scenes or the way the team's kind of starting to gel together are just a notch above you know a mediocre movie trying to do this. So, I actually do enjoy her writing and you know some directing stuff you know getting back to movie 42 uh oh, <laughs> she's oh my gosh did does she have a cameo in this at all she's in it she's oh, yeah. bosley right oh yeah. she's bosley spoiler spoiler she's, she's yeah bosley. do any of this lucy Liu or cameron diaz or drew barrymore make an appearance uh only in photos okay so they actually acknowledge the existence of the older charlie's angels movie yeah, and it's supposed to. Be, it, it, they kind of sets up that all of it's in the same canon. That's cool. Both is, both is oh, all right. So, yeah, I'm going into that. That's about it. But I, I say, go see it. It's a fucking bummer that it bombed so hard. Yeah, it bombed really hard. Like in a in like midway, a movie that literally no one should see <laughs> made for <laughs> its second week. <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, that's pretty. That crazy. was still oh. too. Yeah. Did anyone? Wait, did anyone see that? Did not. No, I'm not an idiot. 
I was going to ask if you walked out midway. <laughs> oh, we should move yeah, on to another one of these single movie here. Um, let's see here. Russ, you saw Motherless Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you tell me a little bit about Motherless Brooklyn? I'm not going to give it a rust down, okay. but <laughs> no, I am. Motherless Brooklyn, directed by Ed Norton. In 1950s New York, a lonely private detective afflicted with Tourette syndrome ventures to solve the murder of his mentor and only friend. Um, you can tell this is a book because it's two and a half hours yeah. and it feels like it needed three and a half to tell the whole story. Okay. That said, it's pretty good. It, it's yeah. it, it, It's good in the sense that the performances are excellent. Like Ed Norton is cr- crushes it. Does he really? Uh, Al Baldwin. I was worried about no, Ed Norton's performance. Give it time because okay. – Give it time because once they are done showing you the world and they kind of immerse him in actual plot, watching him uh, do the affectations and all of those things without without it being part of the plot um, is, is really well done. In the beginning, they're kind of showing you like, oh, I got this thing, so this is why I do that. But eventually it's just happening because it happens. Okay. Um. So you just got to get through the first, like, maybe yeah. 20, 30 minutes of exposition. Uh, Alec Baldwin is phenomenal. Okay. I see, like, supporting <laughs> actor Enam possibly for him. But it, it's just a good Hello. movie. I just – I don't know why – it's weird to say. It's like we talk about a lot of movies now that come out that, like, could would have come out 10, 20, maybe 15 years ago or 15 years ago or so. This movie doesn't work in the theaters – now, no. This has been it on maybe, like, the writing block for about that long, though. Like th- this yeah, has been like option as a, maybe as like an, as an Amazon like original series or something would that I think that's what this was meant to be. Okay, uh, but it was probably in development for so long that they were just like F it, no drop. Theaters. I feel like they really stretched this world out a little bit better. This is a great limited series because there's a lot of politics and other stuff in it like base uh, ostensibly alec baldwin is a um uh uh a robert moses type character uh in that he basically made new york and is like a crazy racist so there's enough story and enough plot that this could have easily been a tv show and would have been better that that it's, it's an enjoyable movie it's just not what it could have been, but I think it'll, it might pick up some, it might, it'll definitely pick up some globes. It might squeak in an Oscar nom out of either Baldwin or, or um, what's his face? Ed Norton, but he's a, he's a, he's a good director. I just think this needed to be a TV show. Anyone catch that? Oh, stop. Ed Norton gets a bad rap and I'm, I'm tired of it. He did an okay job. <laughs> All right. Wow. Getting through that one pretty quickly. Uh, Then let's bring it over to... What was that? Um, I just want to say a quick word on black and blue and say it's problematic, and that's about it. So how about we go to a twofer? Who wants to talk about a twofer? I'll talk about a twofer. All right. Is there one? Let's talk about The Good Liar. Oh, okay. I forgot about that movie, even though it's the most recent movie I've seen. Uh, The Good Liar. (laughs) Uh, directed by Bill Condon, mm-hmm. consummate con man, con, I like that, consummate con man Roy Courtney has set his sights on his latest mark, 
their recently widowed Betty McLeish worth millions. But this time, what should have been a simple <laughs> swindle escalates into a cat and mouse game. Ooh, delicious. I liked it. I I was, with the exception of uh, like the 20-minute exposition dump at the end of this movie, um, I was on board, and then it was just like, they were just like, no, we're just going to tell you why everything has been happening, as opposed to it just like, I don't know, more organically happening, I guess. Yeah, this was also a book. Oh, was it? I, I didn't actually know that. Uh, who are the stars? Oh, this uh, who are the stars? Aaron and Ian McKellen. Oh, okay, that's Ian cool. Ian McKellen's like a, an old con man, and he's trying to con Helen Mirren out of like all of her life savings. Yep. Mm, so, so he's playing the uh, the Michael Caine and Dirty Brown Scoundrels role. Sure, he's just a he's just a fucking dickhead. Yeah. I liked it. <laughs> nice. I thought he did really well. And, I thought Helen uh, Mirren did really well. Uh, I like the person who uh, like all of their cohorts as well. I thought. Uh, played really well, like really added to it. A oh lot. yeah, like dude from Downton. This is the first time I've seen him have a personality. Um, the guy from Downton who plays uh, what's his face, Mr. Carson. Yeah, that that was that was Ian. As like like uh, the, but yeah, I enjoyed this movie. I also thought um, like the nephew a lot, but I've seen him in a lot of BBC stuff, I and really I've good. enjoyed him in a lot of things. Yeah, Russell Toby. Yeah, it, it's a good movie. It's uh, it's it's not like great by any stretch. It's not a perfect movie. It's got a ton of flaws, but it's enjoyable. And it also bombed. Yeah, it did. What is going it on? Seems to with... be a theme tonight. Yeah, like everything is basically bombing at this point. It's weird because I, I've seen, I've been going, I've been seeing a lot more of these like mid-budget movies that we say don't get made anymore and they're being made and they're just not connecting at all. But I'll go and see an indie movie uh, and the theater is packed. Well, that's the thing. No one wants to, to spend hours of their life spending $25 to go see something that absolutely no one in their life is interested in hearing them talk about. Yeah. And I think, part of it is like a mid-budget movie is like now it's like a base hit it's like all right cool like that that's fun i guess but a, a great movie we're talking oscars awards it's like ostensibly a home run the same way a big budget movie uh action movie could be one yeah um no one so just, there's no place for it they're, they're yeah. all, I mean, streaming, like, right? Is that where they should a, go? That's what I was thinking, too. Like, they, they've all... They're kind of resigned to, like, the Amazon, Netflix, like, originals at this point. Um, or at least that's that's where they seem to be doing, like, the best. Well, yeah, because, like, The Good Liar, I literally had no plans on going to see this. But uh, I had plans to go see something else, and they kind of fell through. And I was like, ah, crap. Well, I was already on my way there. Uh, what theater can I get to that has a movie that I can tolerate? And I was like, I'll... And, and that buys time until my plans later. So, I was like, eh, good two hours. Let's go. But otherwise... Yeah. I love that all these weird movies that you guys have seen, all of like, you guys is like the connecting dot in the Venn diagram between the... <laughs> Charlie's Angels, Terminator, The Good Liar, and Mother Berkman. It's good. Yeah. 
Speaking of connecting the dots. Let's get a different movie. Alex, tell us your thoughts on the Joker. Joker. This it's it's fine. It's fine. Like I I saw this after the at its its moment, as it were, and people were were both obsessed with it, appalled by it, all these things. Um, And it's it's just sort of that Joaquin is really good. I think that is is at least moderately is is interesting. Uh, I think that Robert De Niro is is fun. Again, pretty much just playing the same character from, or playing the, rather, the Jerry Lewis character, King Comedy. Uh, but yeah, it's just a mashup of two Scorsese movies with a coat of DC Comics on them. I saw in online, someone called it uh, for Taxi Driver, and I think <laughs> that's a good, uh, a really good summation of it. It's, um, I don't think it's as, like, like, if I was seventeen, this would be my favorite movie. Yeah, like I, I can see this. Like, like Boondock Saints like, would have been your favorite movie if you were in like um, an eighteen-year-old. Like you don't get it, man. Yeah, and like and Fight Club and stuff like. It's like, yeah, it's 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 it taps into that that sort of adolescent angst. I think pretty well. Yeah, um, I, it's not. I, I commend DC for doing something different, um, and I don't think it's bad. I, I just think it's it's just not for me. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of where I stand. I I don't, I don't actually know what you guys thought. Did anyone actually like it? I enjoyed it. If you if I was watching it in the lens of it not being a DC movie, I didn't like <laughs> it. But I watched it in the lens of it being a D, D, DC movie. Yeah, I. I... I think that there was like kind of like three different stances uh, with like Russ not exactly like liking it, but on, on like the more positive end, me sort of in the middle, and then Peter being Peter and hating it. Um, no offense, but I have gone back since you this sure? and uh, and started to like I've been rewatching or I rewatched uh, Dark Knight just to like remember that performance again. And God, that is that's the performance of the Joker. Like that, I I still feel like like when I when I think back sure. and think about Joaquin playing the Joker, he just doesn't come off as like a smart character to me. And I think that you know Ledger's performance is just like an actual smart character that I could see being this like maniacal, like super genius of sorts. Yeah, and I think that like it's the problem. Like even when the uh, Joker is. Like quasi social commentary about the same time being like, but it's not like Len coming out and saying it's not political. Yeah, I think it could have been a lot more. Like I think that like if you actually wanted to do some sort of like joke, some sort of like class take it, I was like, like just go for it, just like just make it. I don't know. I I think that they lost a lot of stuff that I think could have. I don't know if they're going for being R rated and all these things. Like just just fucking do it. Oh. Yeah, Pete. Want to say anything else on the Joker? <laughs> Whatever. Uh, no, no, never again. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, what, how about you tell us about Countdown? Uh, this is a movie I could talk about until the day I die. Oh, uh oh, oh, uh, because with, with the Countdown app. I don't know why 
in there. PG-13 horror might be my favorite genre. Uh, I think Countdown's very fun. Uh, it's It's got, like, it, it some things, uh, well, it, it's, it, it's spooky when it needs to be. It's funny when it, it, it does it. Well, no, this kind of the humor falls flat sometimes. Um, I think it's kind of an interesting hook to it. At, uh, it's foreshadowing was the, like the first foreshadowing scene of like how it's going to end is so out of place that I spent the rest of the movie like, how the hell did this come back? Um, but it was delightful. Uh, it had the quite possibly laziest, dumbest, oh god, here we go again ending. Love but, it. um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, the movie, it's exactly how I want to spend my time. Like, this happy death day, like, I just want to go see some stupid PG 13 movie. Um, that's going to make me laugh uh, and kind of be kind of scary and just try to like have fun with a high concept. Yeah. Th- this came and went before I actually got a chance to see it. And I really did want to end up seeing this like uh, on Halloween or before Halloween, but didn't get a chance to can't wait for this to come to, to streaming. So I can finally check this one out. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick before we move on to another single or double, it seems weird that nobody saw Ford V Ferrari or Dr. Sleep. <laughs> Um, Ford v Ferrari, we were talking about before we started recording, that it's just like, I don't understand in 2019 who that movie is for. I know, like, everyone said that dads before, but, like, I don't want to see the great triumph of the Ford Corporation over another corporation. Like, I don't, I don't, I really don't get how there's a human interest story in that. When yeah. it's like fucking Shelby, like, that, that dude's rich, too. Like, why do, why does anyone think we want rich people getting richer? That's a great question, but yeah. it worked because they made $31 million this weekend. That's so insane. I don't know Hollywood anymore. At the same time, Dr. Sleep uh, bombed. Yeah, Dr. Sleep bombed. And I didn't want to see that either because that just looked like – I like Mike Flanagan. I, I know he, he he has a certain like visual language in his horror movies now and his horror TV shows. And he's done some, a couple of Stephen King things, but – I don't need to see anything connected to The Shining no. outside of The Shining. Um, I I would have went and seen this movie if it wasn't like two and a half hours long. But I had no interest in just like sitting there for that amount of time with this sequel to both The Shining movie and the book, I think, somehow. It could, yeah, I think it goes more with book story than the movie story. But uses the yeah. movie visuals, which is yeah. very confusing. Yeah. Right. So I... I specifically chose with The Good Liar over Dr. Sleep. Even The Good Liar is only like 10 or 20 minutes shorter uh, and, a, and a little less convenient of a theater to get to. I'd rather see something I don't know at all than something that's just going to remind me of something else that I'm not watching that I won't like. <laughs> I opted against it. Yeah. yeah. I think Ford versus Ferrari hit because I think it, it it's the – movie with the two biggest movie stars in the last like two months that's true yeah like what movie has had a bigger bigger names over the over the title like everything has had one and it's been a bummer like like stuff didn't work out like gemini man and stuff but like yeah no you're right it's got two it's got two actors in co-leading roles all made up to be unrecognizable. They are them. They are the cleanest versions of themselves. Yeah. So I guess that's why that tracks. And if I look at the top ten or eleven movies this past weekend, the next one with a big name in it in a big role is Maleficent. And that 
month ago, and that's all made up, and that's not about Angelina Jolie. That's about Disney. So Ford v. Ferrari is the only straight-up Leaser movie stars playing in roles you'll probably like. Yeah. Man, we're getting... We're getting real lazy in in terms of what we're willing to see and what we're willing to make, but whatever. Yeah, I guess you know Scorsese's right. Um, Russ, I really want to know about waves. Um, now I've said a thousand times, if it's day twenty four, yep. it's for me. Yep. But uh, it's, uh on it, directed by Trey Edward Schultz, who is a phenomenal young director. Uh, this is the journey of a suburban family led by a well-intentioned, well-intentioned but domineering father as they navigate love, forgiveness, and coming together in the aftermath of a loss. Uh, this movie, I saw the trailer and just saw beautiful, like Frank Ocean music, and that was enough for me yeah. to really want to see it, and I knew very good, loose that came out earlier this year. Ooh, yeah, I want to see that. But too. this movie now, the director said, and I hate using what a director says as a reason to sell a movie. It is a panic attack that wraps you in a hug, <laughs> and that is really accurate. The Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's soundtrack is phenomenal. This movie is kind of like Euphoria a little bit, if anybody watches that show, but in a slightly more grounded way so the kids are still like you know doing what kids do drinking and drugs whatever uh but you it's not fantastical and over the top and you see the inherent just danger that teenagers put themselves into at all times because as a teenager you don't think about mortality you just do very 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 reckless dumb things and the movie kind of just shows you in a way where you're like, could you please stop doing that? Could I really? I need you to just get in the just get just please get in the car. Please stop doing whatever it is you're like. It it builds dread like a hard, like horror movie style dread. Watching teenagers be teenagers, huh. it is fantastic. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is he's probably another one in the running for um, a what you might call it a best supporting actor and the. Girl, I mean, Kelvin Harrison Jr. is phenomenal, and that kid is going to be huge. I have him on my my personal Oscar. He, I, I don't, I think that movie just wasn't big enough. Yeah. But I think that kid is going to blow up. He's fantastic. Yeah. Lucy. He's really good. And his sister, the character, the, the young woman who plays his sister, is also really good in a completely opposite way. Like, Kelvin Harrison's performance is big. It's over the top. It's it's like alpha male high school boy, and the younger sister is like total kind of wallflowery sort of introspective, but well done. In that every single character in this movie feels real and not not overwritten. It is phenomenal. Uh, it's more than definitely in my top ten. I don't want to say too much about it. Because this is a movie that needs to be experienced. It is heavy and beautiful and painful and great. And Lucas Hedges, because it's November. Lucas Hedges is definitely in it. 
That's uh, that. That's very good to hear. Um, I, I really want to go and see this. It's not playing in that many theaters. Uh, I think it's at Lincoln Center, and that m- might be it. The title. I think that is it, actually. Yeah, so I, I need to get to that. And I don't think that this is going to have like the wide release that like The Lighthouse ended up getting. That was also in like two theaters and then went to every theater somehow. Um, As it should have. Yes. Um, so I'll, I'll talk briefly on The Kill Team. Uh, another A24 joint, um, which was very good. Um, it, it's about like... It's, it's on demand? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, it, it was actually based... I believe the director uh, directed a documentary about the exact same um, situation. Uh, and it, it's very well done. You, you, you feel like... I feel like A24 always does this thing about just like putting terror into you, like no matter what. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter. And, and so you kind of like feel that tension and terror throughout the entire movie. Um, it, when it ends, you're just like, oh my God, um, you feel drained. Uh, it's very well done, um, about like, uh, this kid who's in the army who's kind of trying to do the right thing and, um, you know, sees, uh, someone get, you know, uh, murdered, uh, basically, and, uh, decides to, uh, like raise alarms about it and him still being in like around all the people that happened, uh, that, that did it and just, constantly being on edge because of it um really well done um definitely are you are you describing black and blue right now i ooh no but yeah you know kind of um oddly enough uh all right let us move on to actually want to know more about pain and glory okay cool that's me yeah uh yeah pain and glory uh antonio banderas is a fantastic yeah is this the um, amadover wait sorry okay uh, Antonio Banderas really p- puts in like ev- everything everyone's saying that's like a career perform- performance blah 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 it's very very true he's really? wonderful the whole cast is great it is a beautifully told story um, yeah I don't, I don't I don't know what else I don't know have that much to say it, but if you can, are there any forced gender reassignments <laughs> no, no not even one nope. and is that problematic now I don't know. Depends on who does it. <laughs> it's Antonio Mendez. <laughs> so worth seeing. Uh, absolutely. If you can see it, see it. You know, if, if you if you have time, where is it even playing? Yeah, um, I saw it at hmm. Empire like a couple weeks oh, ago. Really? What? Wow. I I think it's there in Angelica, if I'm not mistaken. Oh wow, that's crazy. Okay, cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, really. I think uh, you know. Hopefully, Antonio Banderas is nominated and uh, might be leader of the close to the leader of the pack at the moment. Wow! Here's a request: Is Penelope Cruz in this? Yes. Okay. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Of course she is. Asking the real question there. (laughs) Very good. Yeah, you know, I like all like I like all of the more movies. That's I I think I'm into this. Yeah, I I just don't see what you what problem you have with this film. It's Penelope Cruz. <laughs> uh, um, who saw Honey Boy? I did. All right, Russ, tell me about Honey Boy. All right, Honey Boy. Um, it's basically uh, the the story of Shia LaBeouf's life. <laughs> Wait, what? Does he wear a yeah, uh, like well, a paper bag over he wrote at some it. point? He wrote it in rehab. It's basically... Uh, a slice of his it's it's basically two different points in his life 
Uh, it's about the time a couple years ago when he got arrested by the cops and was like trying to fight them and was like all hammered oh, and stuff yeah. and was forced to go to rehab. So it starts there, but it's about his kind of journey of discovering like uh, that he's effed up because of stuff that happened to him when he was a kid. And, and dad. Yeah. And he plays his father who was basically just like a really bad dad who kind of was abusive and a leech and a mooch and basically like didn't really he didn't really have a traditional uh childhood like while he and it's it's based on a time when he was filming uh even stevens way back when oh, wow. or yeah so it's it's a it's a slice of that part of his life when he was like living in a motel with his dad who he was paying to be his chaperone uh who just basically exposing him to shit he shouldn't be exposed to and abusive and a drunk and an addict and just a overall not so great guy, but also still his father and one of the few people who believe that he actually could make it as an actor. So it's that, it's that like complication of understanding that like you could have a bad parent, but they're still kind of your parent. And if they loved you and cared about you even a little bit, like that makes stuff, you know, complicated. So it kind of shows like how he was just an effed up person. So remember all those years where he was just doing all that dumb stuff. Yeah. That was him kind of not owning. That was him kind of being a reflection of what he came from, but also not owning his own bullshit. So it's all about him coming to terms with all of that. Noah Jupe, the boy who plays him as a kid is phenomenal. And Lucas Hedges, it's a movie that came out in November. So, you know what that is. He was great. Um, he did a really good Shia, uh, even though they don't say, he don't say Shia LaBeouf, but you know, it's him. Yeah. Uh, it's really, really well done. Uh, it's nice to see that like he might be coming out the other side of his crazy family drama bullshit. And like, he wrote this movie in rehab. So this is like one of the first things he's done since being, because Peanut Butter Falcon, he actually got arrested while that movie was being made. Did he really? That's when oh. he got arrested and had to go to rehab. Oh, wow. Okay. So he wrote this while he was in rehab, court-mandated, from the drunken shit that happened while he was filming Peanut Butter Falcon. Wow. So this is like the first clean thing he's done. That's crazy. And it's really good. So is Peanut Butter Falcon. But this is – this is, it's a really good movie. Great performances. He directed it's, uh, it, right? Hmm? Did he direct it? He didn't direct it. No. His friend uh, Alma Harrell, who's done more documentary films than anything else, mm-hmm. she directed it. Okay, but it's it's really really well done. Um, the the kid can act. Good. I'm excited because my my Shia kind of I guess hot take is like his performance in the show Even Stevens might possibly be, like the greatest child comedic performance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, possibly like, up there ever, like, top five ever comedic performances by kids. Wow. Yeah. He was really good. Incredible in that show. And part of that comes from, I think, the fact that his dad was a rodeo clown, so would, like, try to work with him on comedic timing and all this sort of stuff. So he was getting this weird coaching from his clown dad, which is why he can't completely throw his dad out, because it's like, I got what I, I wouldn't be who I am if I didn't have this guy. So I can't, you know, hate him. It's really interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very well done. Uh, and yes, even Stevens to this day was 
a, was an excellent child performance. Like you knew that kid had it. Yeah. And normally like you don't see that as clearly in like a Disney TV show, but he was, he was great. And it wasn't like, you know, Frankie Muniz in uh, Malcolm middle where that kid was just charming and talk, but like Shia had the timing, as you said, like he had all the tools. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But yeah, uh, honey boy is great. Uh, I don't know if it's playing in a ton theater still, uh, but it's it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna. It won't be like Oscary, but it'll definitely be like Independent Spirit, Gotham Award type of movie. But it, it's it's excellent. Nice. Um, I do want to rust down for this next one, um, sure. and I would like to talk about The Irishman. Oh, that's I forgot. That's in theaters. That is. Oh yeah, and that's on stream at the end of the month, I think. On the twenty seventh. Yeah, and like next, like Thanksgiving. Yeah. Well, he's looking for a rest down. Tiggs, first question. Yep. Did you have to pee during it? Yes. Awesome. Okay. Rest yeah. down. Okay. Three hours and 29 minutes. Eat my dick. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Martin Scorsese. A mob hitman recalls his possible involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa. That was a, that was a lot shorter than I thought it would have been for a three and a half hour movie. My um, God, I love how short that is. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yes, this movie is insanely long. Um, but, but I, I can't, I don't think I can do that in a theater. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I, I would rather do it in a theater just so I have to be locked in because even if I like the movie, I think I could check out after two hours at home Yeah, and make an excuse to like, Oh, I've been watching it for two hours. I think I can spend an hour on my phone and still under and still appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're right, but I don't know that I have the human. Are there going to be trailers? There were like two trailers, two or three trailers, okay. all for Netflix movies. Um, oh, interesting. Weird. I saw this at, uh, oh, God, it, the, on the Broadway theater that was showing it. Um, Velasco, I think. Uh, so I went into this movie kind of like tired, basically. Like, it was. <laughs> It was like, that seems like the absolute worst way to go into it. Worst yeah. way to go into this, like seven o'clock at night, pretty tired, being like, I think I'm, I may end up like falling asleep at some point. Um, it's definitely too long, but about <laughs> ten to twenty minutes into this movie, I couldn't take my eyes off the screen, and I was like riveted, and like all the tiredness really? left, and I was just like waiting to see what happened next. Um, yeah, the, the story is incredibly well told. It, it's, it does kind of play like, and Marilyn was saying this, uh, it kind of plays like a parody, uh, of like a Scorsese movie at times where it's just like a little bit too much, um, like of like a lounge singer or, or at some time in some scenes, but holy crap, was I just like completely into it the entire time? Uh, the CGI effects, which is, I know all what you all want to hear about. No, I wanted to hear about you peeing. Um, yeah. Happened about an hour in, hour ten in, and after that, I was like, I was totally good for the rest of the time. Um, as I said, yeah, the, we saw it in uh, at, at the Broadway theater, and it was. They said it was completely sold out, but there was no one in the seats in the entire row next to where we were sitting. Uh, so that was great because when I had to uh, use the bathroom, I could just walk right out there. Um, Did they give you a playbill or something like that? There, there were fake newspapers that they were handing out that I didn't see and couldn't. But I saw people like actually uh, with fake newspapers uh, that that were like uh, Jimmy Hoffa dead or something like that. It, it, which I really wish they had actually been able to pick up something like that. 
Um, the performances are all amazing. Joe Pesci fucking kills it. So good in this movie. I'm so and he didn't want to do it. Like he kept saying no for like years. He, I, I think he probably has my favorite performance in this entire movie. Um, okay. uh, lo- uh, love it. Uh, De Niro uh, does also provide a, a, like a really great performance. There are some times, and if you saw the trailer, you probably like saw the CGI effects kind of looked a little wonky. You get used to it <laughs> after a little while, except for Robert De Niro's eyes, which you never get over. Yeah. I have been noticing that in the trailers. The The eyes are the thing that just like, that you would see it and it would just kind of like drag you out. You're just like, that just doesn't look... That well, right. doesn't look Windows right. Windows to the soul. Well, do they make him all like shiny like they did like Grand Moff Tarkin? Kind of, but not that bad. Not as bad as Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, but you definitely feel a little bit of a shininess sometimes. Um, a lot of the time you, you do just, again, like get used to it over time where it's just like, no, that's just what he looks like. Uh, as opposed to Grand Moff Tarkin where like the two scenes that, he in, that he's in looks starkly different from everyone else. Ooh, yeah, because uh, he's like made out of wax. Yeah, exactly. Um but like it, it's a it's a really really interesting read um uh, or a really interesting watch uh the, the book is also fantastic if you haven't uh read that i would it's hard to tell people like yeah you really got to go see this in theaters um once this comes to netflix you know watch it in like two parts well uh, i'm actually looking at the theaters that are playing it's actually playing at more places than i thought like i cuz i thought like the whole like i think regal and amc freezing them out yeah yeah, uh, but no. Well, I think IFC. Alamo's let them in, right? Alamo did let them in. Nighthawk, uh, IFC. I think I uh, could do this in Alamo, where I can like have food and like get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm I, 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 I led with food. I'm drinking Jameson the whole time. I will Irish say that if, it, like, I would have loved to have seen this in recliners because the the Broadway seats were not comfortable. Um, and maybe no, that also that's... led to me not being able to fall asleep. But... No, yeah, exactly. That's good. Yeah. So it, it all it's it's really really good. Um, I really loved it uh, and highly recommend it. There was also no intermission. Just three and a half hours straight. No intermission. <laughs> oh my god, that's ridiculous. You can't do that. Um. So that was that was tough as well, but. Great, great movie all around. Um, and it only has it only has one screening at uh, Alamo tomorrow and Thursday, and then I guess it's out. Dang oh, it! Wow. It's because it's going to be because uh, less than a week away. It'll be in. Oh, uh, true. Or the twenty seventh, whatever that is from exactly. Oh yeah, exactly that's next Wednesday. Yeah. Ooh, it's ex- it's a reason to go to Nighthawk Prospect Park. I haven't been to that one yet. There you go. Neither have I. Ooh, interesting. Um. Alex, we haven't been to. Yeah, let's listen. I haven't been to the Metrograph in a while. I kind of want to see Ooh. what's going on there. Um, this isn't the theater theater podcast. <laughs> Alex, I, actually, yes, sir. You have seen another sure. movie. Yes, chef. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get a rust down for Downton Abbey? Oh yeah, dog. I just gotta go to that because I'm nowhere near it. I'm on the Alamo website looking at movies. <laughs> Uh, I think we really just become. We all. Re- all right, guys. What's the stickiest theater you went to recently? Oh, that's that's what the that's what the Nighthawk used to be in Prospect Park before it was whatever it was. The Pavilion, grossest uh, theater, for tons of bed bugs. Anyway, <laughs> Downton Abbey. Uh, it doesn't even say direct. Oh, I'm on the show, nerds. 
Uh, I'm <laughs> assuming. Yeah, Alex, tell us about all four seasons of Downton Abbey. I've seen two of them, and I didn't care that much when I watched them. I thought it was fine. I thought it was a show, I think, Peter, actually, you, you said this best. It's a show that I liked when I was watching, but if I was not watching at the moment, I could care less if it existed. Well, that's how I missed the last season. I yeah, watched it. I watched it all. Like, I would always watch it when it was on. Uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then the last season started, and then, like, one day I was busy, and I forgot to watch, like, the first episode of the last season, and I never watched it again. Mm-hmm. And I felt nothing. Yeah. But I enjoyed it in the moment. Yeah. Um. So, oh, yeah, if you... Wait, do you have the... the yeah, the I've been there for, like, several seconds now. Cool. Um, Downton Abbey, directed by Michael Angler. Sure, whoever that is. The continuing story <laughs> of the Crowley family, wealthy owners of a large estate in the English countryside in the early 20th century. Alex, um, I want to let you take this for now. No, so... This movie, I feel like... I, I, I feel like I'm not saying anything that interesting. This movie's fine. It is a... <laughs> No, no, it's totally nice. It's 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 pleasant. Um, it's the kind of thing that like I like it those was on... fine, nice, and pleasant. Said Alex of Movie Movie Podcast. Well, That's because be it, it's it's like I think that this the plot of this movie, and if uh, you have to excuse my kind of lapsed knowledge of the show this this plot seems actually like even though it's like the the queen is coming it's like the kid like like even that it can seem like low stakes like nothing that dramatic happens well there really was never Ah. any stakes in the show except for like world war one that was the only time there were stakes but like people die and stuff like that in the show right but there's there's an attempted murder on, on the king and queen yeah, but it's like, but it's what they're doing that in this movie. I'm out. <laughs> it's but it, barrel. It's not that intense. It's not like you're like. It's not like there's like heart pounding action. Right. It's not my Downton though. Um, my was more like sassy comments by Maggie Smith. There's definitely oh, those. there's some really good sassy comments. Maggie Smith but, kills it. Oh my god. She, she she's great. Yeah. Um, and and Mr. Barrow doing like underhanded shady stuff. This is this is like this is like fan service for like uh like the PBS crowd and it's very like like the people in the theater were just fucking loving it everything like when someone show up on screen like these these like the older ones were like clapping and hollering it was very entertaining um, um can I ask a question yes sir no yes, you didn't see the last season did you. No, I didn't. I know Dang nothing it. happens. Well, no one can answer why Lily James isn't in this movie. Is she in this movie? I, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't know who that is. She, she, okay. Damn it. I was about to say, uh, guys, she played young Donna in Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again. <laughs> I did um, see that, I, but. She played the love interest in Baby Driver. Okay. Yeah. I know. Um, I will say my my girlfriend started crying immediately as the theme song started playing for Downton Abbey and continued to cry multiple times throughout this movie just out of happiness of just enjoying it. Yes, this and I, is, I will I will second that with yeah. Marilyn was like ecstatic once the theme song it, started to the. She was like she she equated it to when we went and like saw Star Wars Episode Seven for me. 
Yeah, and you're like, and you're like, and then he shows up, and he's got a lightsaber, and he's like, yeah, like, like this is like the way I act. Like I still act like I'm like 12 years old when I try to explain um the stupid shit I like to people. Okay, um, can I just, uh, I'm I have one question, and then I don't want to know anything else because I'm gonna like pirate this probably. Yeah. Um, after I finish the final season, is missed is. I is Bates a friggin' dick in this movie? Because I've never liked him. He's like the head guy. I hate the, him. Don't you just hate he him? Kind of, he, he, he's all right. Don't people obsess no, him? No, 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 no. Like no love love you guys, I'm sorry. Uh, breaking news on the wire. Uh, the podcast numbers have gone up by like thousands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Wait, which one is Bates? I'm sorry. Uh, this is, he's the older oh, guy. Sure. The one that they the have to, who's married to Anna. The one they have to like bring out, right? Oh, that you're I love to bring him. Out of I love no, him. No, yes, no, he's so no. good. I so, love him. So I, yeah, I will say that they have interesting subplots. This movie that I actually think could have been interesting movies if they were like like stuff that could have been like expanded upon. Like, um, there's like the closeted guy. Yeah. Oh, he's he's got to come out. Like it's yeah. been. So well, actually, come, no, he shouldn't. It's the 1920s. CGK. Yeah. So, so they actually explore. I think yeah. that maybe more than they did in the show. And I think that was actually an interesting. I was like, oh, this is an interesting subplot. Um. So they they do some fun stuff with with the characters, but I gotta say, there's so many people in this for an hour or, or two hours, whatever a long movie it is, that like you really don't say anything for that long. Right. Uh, well, so I will does, say, it, does it feel like uh, like three or four episodes just stitched together? No, I think it's, it, it's it feels seamless. like it's pretty seamless. Yeah, so it, it feels it, like a movie. It feels like a PB. It feels like it should be a like a special event movie on TV more than it does the theater. Yes, okay. um, but I will say that it moves. Yeah, like okay. <laughs> like. Really well. and, yeah, and it's it's well paced. It's 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 completely it's so it's pleasant. I yeah, I, I have never seen the show. Um, uh, went into this kind of expect. And my sister was telling me about this. Uh, she was like, "Oh yeah, I saw the Downton Abbey movie. What did you think of that show?" I was like, "I've never seen it." She's like, "Yeah, I had never seen it either." But now I've like marathoned the first like three seasons of it. Um, so I kind of expected myself to walk out of the the movie like feeling like that. Um, which I, I, I didn't like, I, I very much enjoyed the movie. I really liked the, um, like the, the wait staff and all that. I love their yeah. stories. I think that like everything Mrs. that they do Atmore? is Is she in it. I don't know who the, the old lady who cooks. <laughs> yes. Yes. She is. She's, She's great. great. Yeah. She is great. And, and like, I, I think the performances were all like amazing. It is a, it is a very fun very fun, very good movie. Um, uh, but again, like I think that this is like kind of what you were saying before, Alex. Like, if you are a fan of this show, you are going to gobble this up. Like, it is going to oh, is exactly what you have been waiting for. Um, and uh, like, very well made, uh, regardless. But um, the, if you go into it with the reverence, this is going to be the best thing ever. And if you're and if you don't go into it with that, you will still have a fine time. Great time, and- yeah. Like super uh, funny still. Like Maggie Smith. Oh my god, love her. Yeah, she's great. Oh, is she still hitting with the one-liners? Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I will say though, like the class warrior in me is like because like the whole thing they're just like it's my honor to be able to serve the king and stuff like that. Oh. Just I'm just like rise up, guys. <laughs> that's all. That's that's my only problem. My only issue with it. <laughs> anyway, I'm done.
You gotta have high hopes, dog. I enjoyed it. Uh, I definitely, I definitely enjoyed it. For like never having seen any of the movies or wow, movies, uh, the show before, I was like, this is this is good. This is really good. Yeah. Uh, but we only have one other thing to talk about right now, and we've talked about it before. But Russ, we want to get your opinion on Parasite. Whoa, dog, Parasite. Uh, we already Russ downed it a month ago, so we're not going to do that again. Parasite is like tonally one of the sh- most perfectly strange experiences I've ever had seeing a movie. Yeah. It like, as soon as I figured out, it, it, I don't know if it's like the improv, improv brain setting in, but as soon as I realized I was like, Oh, these people are super poor. Oh, is this the game they're about to start playing? Oh, I love this. Yeah. Um, in, in the beginning, but it's it so seamlessly moves from like an out and out like comedy to like a funny thriller yeah to a thriller yeah to a drama <laughs> yeah Alex I would say if you wanted more class stuff from Downton Abbey you should definitely check out Parasite that's, yeah that's, yeah that's I, a pretty good it it I the the climb like the climactic scene of this movie I was like yeah fuck yeah dog uh when it, it, it's I Alex this is a must see for you I will not say a single thing about this movie no, no. I also yeah. knew nothing about it going into it I watched 30 seconds of the trailer like four months ago and was like yeah no I'm gonna just see that the less you know the better yeah so Walking as soon as I like sat down and watched it, it forced me to be completely engaged because I knew nothing of it. It is insane. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's 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 it, it's it's a top it's a top tenor without question. Definitely. It's one of the best films I've seen this year or any year. Yeah. Who was the director again? I'm sorry. It's um... uh, the guy who did Snowpiercer and um, the host. And the host. Yeah, and uh, okay. I believe Bong Joon Ho. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, great, yeah, great movie, movie, right? Yeah, yeah. I just no, I never saw that because it, it looked like it would make me sad. Um, but no, this movie is is perfect. I I wouldn't take a thing out, and it's over two hours and doesn't feel like it at all because it's like every fifteen to twenty minutes the tone is like. It, it kind of just it, it doesn't shift on a dime, but it gradually turns, and you're like, "Wait a minute!" I was laughing, and now I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, I gotta see this now, and I would absolutely watch it a third time. Yeah, I, re- I really want to rewatch it. It's excellent. It it it's real, real, real good. It's and it, again, if you're into like class warrior shit. This is a this movie is <laughs> nah, I I kind of am too. I'm you know like eat the rich, but this movie like it is it's kind of I don't know what it's saying about that. Well, I know what it's saying about that. I just won't tell you. But My, it, it's saying a lot of stuff. It is really really interesting, and I loved it. It it hit really hard. It it's a it's a beautiful movie, and it just keeps shit. Everyone keeps shifting. I love it. It's like it's easily top ten, probably top five. Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, constantly guessing the entire time, trying to figure out what was going to happen next, and then just being like, 
utterly blown away by what happened next. Yeah. yeah. And like there, and I don't, I similar to like, I got lighthousey vibes from it in the sense that like, I didn't, I was laughing a lot more than I thought I should have been. <laughs> And I don't know what that says about me. Yeah, it is outright funny at a lot of times. And then outright horrific at other times. Yeah. And then outright, it's, oh, it, it's, Alex, go see it. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I might. No, this, this, like, of all of the movies that I've seen since the last cast, like, I see a lot of movies, but like, I would say Parasite is a, is a must. And waves is a must. Okay, I do. everything else is that I yeah. liked is good, but those are ones where I think like you you have to you just you have to see those movies. I'm gonna make waves yeah. next priority. Is 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 that still is that in theaters still? Wait, waves just came out last yeah. week. That's at Lincoln Center. I don't know if it's expanding. Oh, but okay. Waves is an absolute must, and Parasite is an absolute must. Yeah. I think that's going to be one of the few like foreign language films to crack the the actual Oscar Best Picture. Yeah. Also, oh, Alex, sure. one of your sixty thousand emails is me emailing you the film Parasite. I I know, and I was actually looking today for it to try to catch up, nice. and um, I saw that that link expired. So, <laughs> oh. I know. But anyway, thank you, Peter. So we had we'd gone into this one saying short cast, and here we are an hour and 20 minutes later. Really? Cool. Yeah. We did it. Yeah, we did it. I think that's it. Does anyone have... I mean, yeah. Parasite... I mean, in stark contrast to most of the movies we talked about, Parasite doing extremely well at the theaters. Yeah. Well, because I think it's like the minute you see that, you're like, no, every people see it. Yeah. Please. Everyone go see this. It's amazing. And I, I think that this was a very big, like, word of mouth spread. Like, I, I remember telling people, like, at the office, like, oh, yeah, no, you got to go see it. And then they would see it. And they tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on. But I think that's the weird thing right now. Like, the indie, Thank you. those indie movies are killing it. And everything else is not. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, Honey Boy did extremely well in the handful of theaters it's in. Same thing as Waves. Same thing as Jojo Rabbit a couple, like, last month. All those movies are doing really well. Uh, Lighthouse is doing really well for the amount of theaters it's in. Uh, but everything else is a turd. Yeah. So, I don't know. Weird. Weird times. Yeah. yeah That's good stuff. <laughs> Strange days. Like that movie. Strange days. <laughs> Well, I guess you can find us on the web at moviemoviepodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at moviemoviepc. I can't believe I still go through all this. You can email us your comments, complaints, concerns to, uh, to uh, moviemoviepodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on iTunes by searching for The Priest and the Beekeeper, which is the name of our improv Or Spotify. Group. Oh, yeah, and Spotify. Yeah, yeah. But it's probably also searching because if you search for Movie Movie Podcast, you're not going to find us. I can tell you that right now. Tried it a lot of times. Uh, you got to search for Grease in the Beekeeper in order to find us with the name of our improv troupe. Um, and we have a show the third Thursday of every month with our good friends uh, and co-hosts, uh, Zach Sims and Nick Maritato. And we have one coming up in two days. So if you're listening to this... Tomorrow. Tomorrow, then you should probably come and see us on November uh, the 21st of 2019 at Long Island City's beautiful The Creek in the Cave uh, 
You can get some drinks. Yeah. You can get some Mexican food. You can come see some comedy. Uh, and this is our 10th anniversary show. So we're doing great. <sighs> looks like we made it. It looks like we made it. Look, if we can make it here, we can make it anywhere. So yeah. come on out. It's going to be a show. Yeah, I, I don't want to promise too much going into it, but you know, it's, it'll be another one of our shows. Um, it's going to be a good time. Of the hard <laughs> uh, always a fun time. Uh, come on out, guys. Thanks for being here, especially you, Alex. I do what I can, and you can catch us yeah. next time. <laughs> Not really. On the movie, movie podcast. Yes, chef. <laughs>